for me, uh, Thatcher did like me in, and obviously our generation or whatever, because she was snatching the milk at that time <laughs> off us. So you can only imagine. Personal Jukebox Podcast. Back again with another episode. My name is Simon and I am joined with... Oh, again? Yeah, son, he's over 30 and he only went with your mother because she's dirty. Mr. Some might call him the idiot in the middle. I always thought he got both feet firmly in the right. Mr. Neil Garrett, how you doing? All of that <laughs> is a true story. Uh, I'm fine. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Yes, definitely. Giving a shout out to all the people. <laughs> um, it's been September since you was last on an episode. Indeed, yeah. It's, it so you informed me earlier. Yeah, it's, don't you think that's really weird? It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but I don't know. Yeah, at our age, time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. What you been doing in that time? I well, know we've had a bit of a, a chat and a bit of pieces, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Christmas was Christmas. Uh, yeah. Yeah, got the lurgy. You got the infection. <laughs> Don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> massive inc- inconvenience and uh, well, the, the, the money loss was m- my biggest gripe. Yeah, see, that's uh, my thing. I don't get paid if I don't go, so. Yeah, And this podcast too. game ain't turning no coin. <laughs> oh, exactly, yeah. And if you get that, you can't pod on your own. Well, you can, but it's not as good, is it? Well, you know. Um, the oh, A couple of episodes ago now, Little Soy was on. Obviously, for, um, for not former, but fellow bandmate in Jif Not Sif, and he was waxing lyrical about the the new impending stuff. Are you are you, are you backing him up on that claim? It's uh, yeah, something has happened. We don't know what, and yeah. it's brilliant. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, when can this? This is probably going to be going out um, mid March, I reckon. So now, if you're listening to this, it is March. Um, when when can we be looking forward to hearing some new material? Ideally, March. Well, the, the plan is the drums get recorded in some swanky studio in London that Soy wanted to go to before the, the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, hit. So, yeah, he's going to go with that plan again and then we're going to bring it back to a studio local and do all the rest. That is supposed to be happening in March. Yeah. So, on a technicality, it should be finished by April, uh, and you're looking at, like, May for a release. Okay, that's good, though, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's, that won't be long from when this actually goes out, so, yeah. Last time you was with, with us, we looked at Oasis, didn't we? We did, indeed. Um, I saw Liam was on the Brits. They see, this will date as well when, when we're talking and releasing it. Liam put out his new single, didn't he, on the um, Brits? What was it called? Is it called Everything's Electric or something yes, like that? Yes, that's the one, yes, something me, um, like that. Everything's electric. It's cool because I'm a fan of both brothers, but it, it just seems. No, it's just. No, I can't be asked, can it? Because he's, he's no Gallagher, and that's it. At least Liam's still. Uh, he, he seems giving like, it large. Yeah, he seems like he's still got a bit, didn't he? Yeah. 
Did you see it? Did you see the um, oh, arriving in a helicopter? Yeah, I saw that. I'm a rock star. I've seen bits. <laughs> yeah, I've seen bits from the Brits. <laughs> bits from the, I'm a rock star, mom. I'm still doing it. <laughs> Co-written with Dave Grohl, also Dave Grohl on the drums. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? It says like the the people who've got the um, the credits for it. Obviously, it's Liam, Dave Grohl, somebody else, and then another guy. And the other guy is like some. I think he's like some kind of German. Um, oh God, you know, like somebody who looks after your she or your uh, your chi or your. It's got the whole Liam vibe though, because this, yeah. this tune could have been on the first album. Yes, it's, yeah. it's got that kind yeah. of vibe to it. Still, I've mentioned it lots of times on this podcast, but the fact that he's sold out or he's selling out the whole Nebworth thing. Um, what is it meant to be? Hundred and twenty thousand. So he's just doing that as a massive fingers up to his brother because yeah, yeah. it's like you know yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember when we did this, our kid. That's it, isn't it? It's like, do you want to do it again? And I was like, no. Okay, then, fuck you, I'll do it on my own. Can't fault you for it, can No, I? no, fair play, Mike High, all the fucking sunshine. Do it. Definitely. We, obviously, they're a Manchester band, and today, on this episode, we're going to be looking at another Manchester band. I was going to say former Manchester band, but same thing. The Smiths. We're going to be looking at all the Smith stuff right the way through, um, basically focusing around the, the album, The Sound of the Smiths, that was released in 2008. The Manchester scene before the... Manchester scene as we know. This was what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Um, first of all, the Smiths, how, where do you sit on them? Um, where have you sat on them historically? And yeah. Well, when they were first about, I was what? A child at primary school? First single, When they were first releasing records? First thing was 83. So there you yeah, go, a child yeah. at primary school. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. When did you first become aware of the Smiths? As a child, oh, yeah. I remember hearing them on the ah, radio okay. and this, that, the other, but never paying any attention to yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the rest of the time, I always knew who they were. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. And then only recently, uh-huh. as over the last few years, hearing them more on certain radio stations. Yeah. And then checking in with a friend who's a massive fan of them and then, like, checking them out. Yeah, is there anything I've missed here? It was a thing. It was like, right, I've got, I've got to see it because it's like the the handful of songs that I like by them. Yes, it's like, right, let's see if there's anything better. Yeah, than this or let's see if there's anything more. Yeah, well, you you always heard them um, uh, mentioned because they were formed like '82, formed in '82. You always hear them mentioned as real, um, you know, uh, what's it like the grassroots level of stuff. Um, in what's the influence? Yeah. Very influencing on on sounds and stuff like that and bands. And, you man, you can hear that. Bands who come after them, like the Stone Roses. Yeah. And you know that jingly kind of, what's it called? What What is it? Jingle riffs that fucking Johnny Marr yeah, it's plays. That, it's that indie sound that Manchester just naturally produces. Yeah. They, they were like a, some class them as a fusion of um, like 1960s rock and post-punk, maybe. Yes, yeah. after listening to the best of today, some of that is like funky kind of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, and um, much being uh, being in '83 when the first single came out, uh, like a rejection of the 1990s synth synth pop. 
because they didn't use any. There was massive synthesizer use and stuff like that at the time. Yeah, so but yeah, obviously the Smiths were eighty-four cross. Yeah, the Human League, John Duran or whatever keyboards were everywhere. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. That kind of stuff. Um, we'll just quickly, just say the band. We've got Morrissey on vocals, old Stevie, Stevie himself, Johnny Marr on guitars. Uh, you also pianos and stuff like that throughout the tracks. Andy Rourke on the bass and Mike Joyce on drums. I've always been aware of Morrissey and Johnny Marr. Yeah, definitely Morrissey, because I think when... Morrissey was the only one I knew. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it was I, only until I checked him out. Like, like far more, you knew Morrissey. Yeah. I'd heard the name Johnny Marr, but I uh, yes. didn't know. Yes, that's right, yeah. Um, everybody had got a Morrissey story. He was the punchline to many of a joke back when I got into music. You know, the Smiths were kind of seen possibly as a bit passe, and they'd kind of had their day and broke up and weren't doing stuff, were they? They were broke up by, what was it, 90... Yeah, they broke up in 1987. Okay. So they didn't they, have that much of a run then. So they had like a run of four years. It's virtually nothing. It's nothing, is it? Four years? Even Jif lasted longer than that first time round. <laughs> that's like, that's like <laughs> double the pandemic pandemic so far. <laughs> that's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing. In, in that time, they put out four albums in four years. Numerous compilations, loads of their stuff wasn't on albums, so it's singles, B sides, rarities. Um, yeah, they got it's a really. It's an 80s thing that is. Throughout the 80s, you look at how many bands, and I'll use Iron mm. Maiden as an example, mm. pretty much album every year throughout the entirety of the 80s, and there's quite a few bands that got did a bit, well. yeah, yeah. Every yeah. year. Green yeah. Day even did it at the were they Starting doing their that career, kind of thing, they were yeah. knocking out an album a year. Well, you go back to, like, say, the late 60s and 70s, some bands were putting out, like, two albums yes, a year, they, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, and double albums, yeah. and, like, Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. It's like Sabbath, like, how many early yeah. albums they put yeah. out. Um, Roger, Pink Floyd or whatever, they'd knock out eight records just about four songs. <laughs> yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, it's like a four-disc set. <laughs> as, I, as I said, it's a very complicated discography of them. The the album we're going to go through now, as I said, was released in 2008. It's a compilation of all these bits and pieces put together. I believe that it had input from Johnny Marr for the track listing. Uh, he still plays Smith's songs, obviously the ones he wrote, and he's got the... Uh, Copyright too. He still okay. plays them in his solo shows. Is he still doing solo shows? That's yeah, something yeah, I'm meant he, to look at. He plays at. festivals. He plays. He always plays the festivals. Ah, okay. he's, he's normally in the tents and whatnot, so it's a bit like niche and, and this that the other. But yeah, mm-hmm. apparently he's. I've seen him like on TV and everything, like Glastonbury and this that the other. And if you if you're there and whatever, and Johnny Mars playing in one of the tents, definitely worth a watch. I oh should yeah, imagine. hundred percent. Yeah, I would say he puts on a decent show. I can't think I've ever seen him. That's the kind of thing I should have looked at he before. He sings and everything, doesn't he? So it, yeah, it, yeah. In my opinion, it sounds a bit better. To be fair, with, with Johnny Mars <laughs> singing it instead of Morris. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing as well with the Smiths. When first becoming aware of them, because Morrissey was such this big, massive presence, this big personality. His vocals overtook everything, and that was why he was the butt to the jokes. Weren't there, um, I don't know if it was, I know Newman and Badil did um, a piss take of like, the cure of Robert Smith, and I would dare to say that there was comedians at the time doing exactly the same thing for Morrissey. Oh, so many comedians that took Morrissey off at the yeah. Yeah. You would have thought, wouldn't you? Yeah, there, yeah. there used to be a character on Steve Wright in the afternoon in the 80s that used to do a Morrissey impression. Oh, is that thing. right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah there's, there was loads. Um, 
Yeah, mass- massively impressed. Let's face it, pretty much anyone could do a Morrissey impression because all he has to do is go, oh, 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 oh. That's it. It's oh, very monotone. Yeah, some... I feel very sorry for myself. <laughs> That's it. He just sings about him and how sorry he is for stuff and, and how upset he is about things. And, we'll, but we'll get to that. We'll get, yeah, we will we'll get into that. upset he gets Hold. about things. <laughs> Hold that thought. Mara Morrissey apparently met a Patti Smith gig in August 1978. Patti Smith? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Marr was 14. Morrissey was 19 at the time. Uh, they were both fans of the New York Dolls and Morrissey had wrote a book about the New York Dolls at the time. Uh, they chose the band name because it was the uh, the most ordinary thing that they could think of for a band name, The Smiths. And then in 1983, Morrissey forbade, probably his words, those around him from calling him Stephen uh, and said, yeah, forever I am Morrissey now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he does. Yes, yes, definitely. One of the things Johnny Marr was known for is he didn't really use power chords or anything. Uh, a lot of times he used a capo to tune up to F sharp to linking with Morris's vocals. Uh, he refused to use power chords or distortion or lengthy solos, instead using arpeggios to create his signature sound. Another thing that the Smiths always took stick at was Morris's lyrics always seemed to be depressing or on the depressing yeah. side. But there is, when you listen to them or read them, there is a lot of humour in there, isn't there? It's, yeah, like, I was listening to some of the lyrics like closely today and everything, he's just like... If you don't know me and whatever, don't come near me and start a conversation because chances are I won't like you and you won't like me. And it's, this is completely pointless. It's just like, please, leave me be. <laughs> he leave me be. Would you say that he may not suffer fools gladly? Uh, yes, definitely. It's, it's yeah, like I said, he's a lot like me in that. Myself, I'll help anybody or whatever. But Morris is just like, you know, he'd help somebody if he yeah. saw them in the street, in the shit or whatever, uh-huh. he'd help them. Yeah. But generally, it's just like, no, other than that, don't, don't talk to me, don't come near me, don't whatever, I'm fine. I'm fine, nice. you carry on about your business and I'll carry on about mine. <laughs> That's what I like about him. Before we do like albums and stuff like this, I always look at what was in the charts at the time. Um, I'm not going to do 2008, because that would be boring. We, you know, we know that kind of stuff. Oh, we're going to go 80s, please. We're going yes. back to 1983. Oh, yes. So we're going back to 1983. The uh, the top ten was full of such acts as the Thompson Twins, the Human League, Class, Tears for Fears, Class, New Edition, Class, Heaven Seventeen, Class, um, and the number one single, Spandau Ballet. <laughs> Not um, what's his name? What was his name? The the um the rapper guy. <laughs> BM Doorn, yeah. Tested me on that one. That was in time. It was. So true. Spandau Ballet. Yeah. Little Britain reference. Tony Adley. <laughs> this is the sound of my soul. It's a bit of a classic, actually, that is, though, isn't it? 
Um, somewhere, and I've said this before on these episodes, somewhere Delboy and Rodney are dancing in a club, you know, with their fucking wives or something. Um, I think this is playing at the very end uh, of the reception of Rodney and uh, Cassandra's wedding. Yeah, because, uh, okay. There's hardly anyone left, and like it's just him and Del having a bit of a heart to heart. Del's there having a dance with Raquel, maybe yeah, or, or yeah, whoever yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, and there's only there's only a couple of other people in there, but I think it's this they're playing. Okay. Yeah, this was the last song played at their wedding reception. It's a song that's endured as well, isn't it? This song is, you know. Most of the shit from the 80s is timeless, man. It could be wrote yesterday and you wouldn't even know. <laughs> Didn't McDonald's use this as an advert for a burger in the last six months as well? <laughs> I'll, have to check, I'll check Courtney on that one. I'll have to do a fact check on that one. Um, the, number, the number one album in the UK at the time when this was released as well was the album True by Spandau Ballet. Okay. you got Let's Dance by David Bowie at number 83. So this really dates this now. Um, at what time we are in music when the Smiths are coming out with their stuff. The number one song in the US, and it was also the number two on the UK charts at the time. I was going to try and guess with Bruce Springsteen, but it's not, obviously. I mean, the biggest album of all time, isn't it? Don't get much airplay nowadays, does it? <laughs> Even though I heard them. Billy Jean on Smooth the other day. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Man in the Mirror, that'll still do it. But the cover versions like Alien and Farm and stuff still get played, so. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Who did beat it? Um Alien and Farm did Smooth Criminal, didn't they? I know Weird Al Lankovic did a parody. Oh eat on it. it. <laughs> <laughs> eat it, wasn't yeah, it? Eat it. And they did fat. <laughs> when it fall out boy, did beat it. it. Fallout Boy did it. Yeah, Fallout yeah. Boy did a. They did beat it. Is that who did beat it? Was it? Yeah, I can hear him with his stupid yeah, hat on. <laughs> and they also did uh, the tune we were talking about before, the Super Trump one. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah, um, they did that one. What is that song called? Uh, Don't you look at my America. Girl. Is that what it's called? Even though you'd think it was called Take a Look at My, my Girlfriend. girlfriend. It's not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> John Mayer, isn't it, who played all the guitars in the early years of... Uh, oh, it, that one's Michael got Eddie Jackson Van Halen on now, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, Eddie Van does a solo. Slash did some Slash, stuff. Yeah, did, well, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was John Mayer mm-hmm. did most of the guitar work for Jacko in the early years. Okay. Um, yeah, as we said, um, massively influential, the Smiths. Um, Stone Roses, you can hear it in Oasis. Didn't Noel have Johnny Marr's guitar at some point? Blur saw them on the South Bank show and it, that influenced them to form. But Really? Yeah. Okay, but at, it, fact. at its essence, um, it was said that Britpop was um, at, at odds with the basic uh, anti-establishment philosophies of the Smiths. Since a lot of people class Britpop itself as being a, an essentially commercial um, construct, for want of a different term. Mm. Yeah, because there are a lot of anti-establishment stuff in the Smiths. Records, yeah, that, very anti-royal. Yeah. I mean, if they'd have been Welsh, they'd have been moaning about the coal strikes and, and and Thatcher and all that kind of thing. So it was like Manchester had got their protest at the time, hadn't they? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the entire north of England was protesting about something in the 80s. Right there. They all turned, face, they all, face facts. Seems they all turned blue in the last election. <laughs> uh, um, this compilation only ever released number 27 on the charts. I would imagine because a lot of the people who are fans of the Smiths had bought albums before, so they've already got all these tracks. There was a second disc which had got all other stuff. We're not going to go through it's that. 2008 when people were still buying CDs. Yeah, 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 I suppose, yeah. The first track, we'll get into it anyway. For me, it doesn't start the greatest, I must say. Prepare yourselves. to the best of mm. these kind of like tunes that you wouldn't really know well like, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're not a Smiths fan don't you think they sound similar to early U2 stuff the music obviously it's got that kind of do you of, think it's that production like element I, said, I think this is like indie music before indie music was a thing oh it yeah actually is yeah it's, it's, it's got that that production of the era like the bass is really high in the mix yeah yeah there's, a, there's the bass probably because, like, The Edge doesn't really go around doing chords really and stuff. Chords. Nah. He goes over this... Yeah. Yeah. Etc. That's, um... Yeah. That's, that's one thing I've noticed from a music perspective. That's yeah. one thing I've noticed. It's it's that... Yeah. Like, you tried to describe earlier that jingly type yeah, thing. Jingy, like jingy, jingy type yeah. sound. There's, there's no chords, is there? It's like it's, just yeah. bits. Uh, that was their debut single. It's only released number 124 on the charts. But it was number three on the indie charts. Uh, May 1993. That would have made a penny. 124, that would have been like 20 Nothing. copies sold, if that. Nothing. Apparently the lyrics convey complete loneliness, loneliness, but jubilant stroke doomed happiness, which is such a catch-all for Morris's lyrics, I think, going forward through lots of stuff. It was classed as unveiled references to homosexuality. Um... Noel Gallagher, he did Desert Island Discs in 2015, and he picked this song on it, and he was like, it's one of the greatest songs ever written. And I've seen it, Noel. I, you know. <laughs> and it's about uh, what, what homosexuality is in the fact that in the 80s they had to hide it and all well, that malarkey. Let's, let's, so. let's get into this now. There was always the questions about Morrissey, wasn't there? Yeah, what is Morrissey? Like all the 80s people... <laughs> Obviously, use Barry Morris or whatever, Freddie Mercury, or George. Uh, there you go. All the ones that had to hide it. Well, Barry Moore. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the ones that were like married. Oh yeah, I know. What you're saying, it's yeah, like yeah. that's how much they had to hide it. The fact that they—it's just outrageous. It sickens me. The fact that they had to like marry a woman and have, even some of them. Elton. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Schofield, we've got that. The fact that, that he, there was no need for him to do that, but like I said, in the 80s, they had to literally hide it that much so that by getting with a woman and having kids with her and everything just so they could hide their homosexuality. I mean, it's just... Why do you think that happened? Oh, Where's your, it sickens me. That, that, honestly, it's so in, 
so much injustice yeah. to, to, to gay people. <laughs> it is. Just like man, it roils me. That be, does. Be, be yourself, man. I. I exactly. Well, the thing on. is, like Elton was moaned, and when he gave that, there's um, another one. There's another example. He yeah. gave the interview to. I read somewhere he gave an interview to Rolling Stone magazine in, I believe it was 76 or 77, somewhere around there. And overnight, his career was in tatters just because he came out and he was like gay. That was the There's thing. footballers as well, that's how I did it and still do. And it's like, really? There's a lot of footballers trying to hide a lot of things, but they ain't doing a good job at the moment. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you think of the Ferrari over... Um... What do you think of Rory Abazuma? Oh, Kurt so, Zuma. So I was just going to say, the, the, right, gigs, this case is still going through, so we better not mention that. <laughs> uh, which one are you talking about? There's so much co- are you talking about the one that kicked the cat, yeah. or is that something? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's an idiot. What's yeah. all that about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick. Absolute dickhead. I mean, come on. I did have to laugh at some of the um, some of the callers into Talksport this week though. I, did, I had to turn it off because it was getting a bit too much. Yes, back to the Smiths though. Yeah, Hand in Glove. Yeah, released nineteen eighty three. Sandy Shaw did a cover of it. Okay. Sandy Shaw, Puppet on a String. Yeah, Puppet on a String. Yeah. Is um, that like a Eurovision song? I don't know. Oh, yeah, it was Eurovision. Oh, was it? Song, yeah. Puppet on a String. I'm pretty sure it was. And this was her version. <laughs> Sounds like Blondie. Early Blondie. That's another thing when I think, like, this music has all got that kind of... It's that bass it's to me. fusion, like yes. you said before. Yeah, yeah. You, you got, like, yeah. indie yeah. before it was indie and disco and, yeah. and various other crap coming in. Yeah, definitely. Um... Bit of punk as well, though. There, there, oh, there was so one of the Smith punk. songs that I listened to earlier, and it was like mega fast beat and everything. It's like put distorted guitars behind that, mate. That's a punk tune. It's uh, like hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. It said that, um, and I'm re- I'm reading this off the internet now. Um, as frontman of the Smiths, Morrissey subverted many of the norms that were associated with the rock and pop music at the time. The band's aesthetic simplicity was a reaction to the excess personified by the New Romantics. And while Morrissey adopted an androgynous appearance like the New Romantics or earlier glam rockers, this was far more subtle and understated. According to one commentator, he was bookish, he wore NHS spectacles and a hearing aid on stage, he was celibate, worst of all, he was sincere. With his music being so intoxicatingly melancholic, so dangerously thoughtful, so seductively funny that it lured its listeners into a relationship with him and his music instead of the world. That to me says massively <laughs> intelligent, mass- massively intelligent man, and also a bit nutty yeah. to wear a fucking earring aid when you're not deaf. <laughs> that's that's Br- clever. British, that is. British, um, that accent- is clever. Eccentric is that the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, 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 that, that's just clever. To do all the things that like, people would never dream of doing, that's what Morrissey does, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, uh, yeah. I always wish I was quirky. This is this is one of in the handful of songs I like by the Smiths. This is one of them. Yes, of course. This is one of the impressions of Morrissey covers. <laughs> By this time, they've got the Smith sound, haven't they? 
Johnny Marr's yeah. got that yeah. thing going on by well, this was time. Basically, um, five, six, seven, like six months later, end of 1983, uh, on release, he got, and he got to number 25, uh, it had a re-release in 1992, which was five years after the Smiths had split up, which, which it got their highest ever chart position of eight. Re-release that the record label, I'm guessing. I bloody because they were on rough trade, weren't they, when they started? Yes. And then they signed to. You know, I should have written that down. Who else was on that? That rings a bell. Rough trade oh, records. Rough trade that, records. There's loads that have started off on them. I'd imagine they're like a big mank label. It's, I'm guessing they are a mank label. Yeah. They've got to be because it rings a bell so yeah. much. But yeah, that's the kind of thing we should know about of it. Really, I'm guessing. <laughs> Google's going to tell us in a sec. <laughs> I would go out tonight, but I haven't got a stitch to wear. Well, believe it or not, they're, they're, it's not a Manchester thing, they're uh, based in London. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, scunts. <laughs> Southern fairies. Yeah. Um, the song. Once again, details a guy being picked up on his bike after he's had a puncture by a gay man and being asked to accompany him to a party that evening. It, it's the lyrics of Morrissey, isn't it? It's like, it's gruesome that someone so handsome should care. It's like them, them were oh, gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go out tonight, but I don't have a stitch to wear. It's that, oh man. It's that level of intelligence that he's got, because that's the way he sees things and yeah. perceives things. Uh, like, we don't, but yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, way yeah, he sees yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is, to me, and uh, that's probably the most well-known Smith song, shall we say. And he also, he, he must see the, the cynical in oh, everything. So, yeah. Because when you meet yeah. somebody normally yeah. and you go, oh, this, I've never met this person before, but they seem like yeah. a really nice person. Morrissey would just go, yeah, they seem like a really nice person. However, I've noticed. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I, I do he, think... He just picks up on the things that oh, we don't normally think about. I was going to say this a bit later, but I do think that his stuff <laughs> is... Um, like being really, really um, glass half full going into something, but immediately seeing the negative sides of stuff. Like being so close to touching something you really want, but having it cruelly yes, taken away. Right. I think he's, he's, yeah, he does see a lot of negatives and things, which probably means that he's a massive overthinker. Oh, Christ, you, you think? Yeah, it's got to be in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 83, Gary Bushell, our old mate here, Gary Bushell. From the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Bushell. God, journalist. <laughs> in 83, Gary Bushell alleged that the song Handsome Devil was an endorsement of paedophilia. In 84, newspapers also said that about um, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And there's another song as well. So, um, yeah, they were getting a, a, bit of a, a, bit of a bit of a name, shall we say. And it turns out that, you know, there was a lot of paedophilia going on in the 80s. Who would have thunk, you know? What's that? Yeah, well, apparently so. Jim will fix it for you and you and you. Um, this charming man, one of your favourites. Yeah. It's favourite Smith songs. It's not top five. Okay. It's all right. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is the next one. Um, what difference does it make? We're heading to 1984. This was a single. It released number 12, January 84. Off Hatful. Hatful. I will talk about Hatful of Hollow in a second. Yet you start to recall heavy words are so lightly thrown But still I leave in front of a flying bullet for you So I do 
well, coming out, we smack it back up, eh? Loud of the drums. Well, with this one, on this compilation, it's the version that they recorded for Peel at B. Ah, a, a I was going to say, it sounds one. like a demo at the studios yeah. I used to go in the yeah. 90s. Yeah, yeah, this is Top of Peel Sessions, this is. Right. Um, as I said about their albums, they released the Smiths, the Smiths album uh, in 1980. Oh, no, it was 1984. They got to number two on the charts, first album. But then, six months later, no, eight months later, they released like a compilation of B-sides, rarities, other tracks called Hatful of Holler. Which bands are doing that nowadays? Nirvana, I can remember them doing that. Um, well, we're still, still, we're talking bloody 30 years ago, aren't we, saying that? Yeah. Sorry, I had garlic bread tonight, and I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because it was great. But yeah, I can't smell it good, John. So I had garlic. <laughs> oh, if do I, you? If I do, I'm off. I'm going to jump on the sofa. Anybody think he was a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> It's got such, that's got such a funky feel as well, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's the area of the drums are. It literally sounds like you're in a rehearsal room. Yeah, it's a good song. I like that one, actually. Um, the next track we're going to look at is... I imagine it's called Still Three. Still one, two, three, like Roman numerals. Now, this is one of the, your, your great lyrics, the whole spit in the eye. Ask me why and I'll spit in your... Spit in your eye! <laughs> This is, I mean, this isn't one of my favourite ones. Um, this is like kind of their filler stuff, which I'd imagine there's somebody out there who's like, oh, this is their favourite Smith song. Plenty yeah. of filler with the Smiths. <laughs> Jeez. And as I say, I'll re, re-say that again, we're looking at a compilation of all their stuff. We're not taking an individual album. And also, I've got to say about Morrissey, which is why everyone tosses on about like Johnny Marr so much. Yeah, cool, because it's no wonder, because... I don't know who wrote, like, the melodies or whatever. Yeah. But they're pretty much all the same. Because um, that's what happens when what the, the more the vocal Smiths melodies. that you listen to, it becomes the same. That Morris is just going, every sound sounds the same. He's definitely got it a delivery. That. If yeah. you listen to, like, yeah. ten Smith songs, yeah. any more yeah. after that, they start to sound the same. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. badly the same. I think... And spoilers for the whole thing. I think the Smiths have got half a dozen fucking class songs, like up there, genre-defining, real class songs. And yeah, then, groundbreaking shit. Yeah, there's oh, a there's, few. We're going to get into a couple soon. But yeah, there's there's a lot just... Yeah. Um, one thing I meant to do on this, when I did the, the Queen album, uh, give a yay or a nay about the songs, um, can you remember about the first song, Handing Love? What did you think about that? Their first release? The first one that we said. It's... it's yeah, just a, a simple yes or no. Are you having it or are you not having it? I'll say yes, purely mm-hmm. because it's just a band that we're forming. Okay. And it's all right for a band that we're forming. Okay. This so charming man, yes. what do you think about that? 
I'll um, go yeah, yeah on that one. I'm again. having that one. Um, that last one, the one, the Peel session one. What difference? Yeah, does I like it that because the mix. Yeah, and then that last one just. Uh, nah, I'm not having that one. Mid mid album filler in it, yeah, that kind of thing. Not yeah, that one. okay. Yeah, as I say, in '84 they released the the compilation album Hatful of Hollow. Hatful of Hollow. Hatful of Hollow. Hatful of Hollow. Okay. It's a compilation of of Peel Radio One tracks, singles, and B sides. This now is the first I would say classic Smith song that we're going to hit now. (laughs) It's got such a happy guitar as well. Great intro, really is. Oh, it is. So the rest of the tune sounds. I was happy in the haze of a drunken hour, but heaven knows I'm miserable now. I was looking for a job, and then I found a job, and heaven knows I'm miserable now. This is just like this is just like the analogy of like when you're having a really shit day. If you looked out on the streets and there was a million quid, you'd just go, "Well, oh, that's really disappointing because I wanted five million, so I'm just going to walk past it." What's the point? Honestly, I think that's a class song. <laughs> everything he sees that day, everything he tries to do. Uh, yeah, that worked out, but I'm still miserable. And then I saw that, and that made me miserable. That even the, more miserable. That's the Morrissey stereotype, yeah. isn't it? That you yeah. always heard about this yeah. song is kind of that. Yeah. It's just brilliant. I got a job, and yeah, I'm miserable now. I wanted a job, I got a job, and now I'm miserable. <laughs> brilliant. Oh man! <laughs> this but, song is literally like, why do I beat myself up so yeah, much? But how happy is that guitar? It's lovely. What she asked of me, <laughs> it's like a lovely upbeat guitar thing. That line there. You just got absolute depression from Morrissey, and Mar is just doing beautiful, happy music. But that line was like, what she asked of me, Caligula would have blushed. He is like, Caligula <laughs> in a song. Yeah. Oh and it's done. Oh like <laughs> Someone kicking in the eye again. <laughs> oh, he's got to think about putting people in the eye and smashing people's heads in and yeah. carving a rock into your head. Uh, yeah, well, one of the lyrics in there. Uh, oh, and, um, and ten ton trucks and crashing yeah. into them and yeah, 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 yeah. to death. Bludgeoned to death. Bob Aaron is. Yeah, we got. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that one. We'll come to that. Yeah, we'll come to that one. And uh, next track. You are. No, uh, this is a track called William. It was really nothing. Um, right. Lyrics. Just another incident that happened in his well, life. Well, uh, lyrics seem to refer to a love triangle between a marrying couple and his gay friend. Ah, again, going back to what you said, he probably had a yeah. bit of a love interest who was married to a woman that was gay. Well. 
possible scenario. There's a, and, and I thought I've written this down, but there's definitely uh, there's a band, and they released a single calling called something like Stephen. You really do make a scene, or something like that. And yeah, and he the the lead singer of that band was called William Summers. I can't. I should have written that fucking down. That's definite connections. Yeah. Well, so Stone Roses, that is. He's obviously got so much disappointment in his life, even though he's a massively successful individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just seems to be able to like remember all the disappointments he's had in his life and, and <laughs> clarify it and and make a story out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sung, sung. Um, sorry, storyteller. Yeah, there's, well, there's, definitely. There's definitely stories in these lyrics. There, there is mega. Stories. And like I say, it's all, it's all the grim shit that yeah. he's seen yeah. and that's happened to him and, and all the stuff that he's overthought. And yeah. You know, at the same time as this, was this would this have been the same time that, um, like, The Cure? Yeah, he's another, he's another one, another bloody psychotic, bloody, yeah, antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Fucking weirdo. Because <laughs> yeah. they had a bit of a feud, didn't they? Like uh, Morrissey and Robert Smith. Robert Smith, yes. I believe they had, like, wars of words in the music press and stuff like that. Never been into like the Cure or no. There's there's one of the albums I really like, but um, how many dough up does it when the first time you ever see the Cure is a like twenty year old like heterosexual geezer and there's some <laughs> twat on TV with his hair looking like a fucking bird's yeah, nest gimmick, and he's yeah, got like yeah. makeup smeared all over his face. Yeah. And I'm going, well, they're not really going to be for me, are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the next track though is is probably the most Cure. Sung, I can think of. This might actually be the other biggest um, Smith song. Completely different sound to what we've heard before. that I was doing this podcast with you about the Smiths and everything yeah. she went, who are the Smiths and I, I went I literally did the impression where I was like oh, yeah. oh that bloke that does that yeah. and she's like oh that's the one that did the theme song for uh, Charmed yes that, that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a, a mom got her into that and everything years ago or whatever and it was well it was actually a cover by whoever it was for the TV yeah. company that's right that yeah show uh, but yeah it's uh you see, this, out of all the tunes, mm. why does this sound like it's been massively remixed and it's not the Smiths and it's... This was a B-side. It was originally a B-side to the, the song we heard just. You'd, you'd think that there was like an original version of this yeah. and this was the one that was yeah. like rejigged because yeah. it was like that original shit, you can't use that. And then somebody went, you can if you do this to it. Really weird, isn't it? Sounds like one of them tunes. Completely different sound. Yeah, everything. Don't even sound like the Smiths. Nah, not the same band. The only thing that sounds the same is like the the vocalist. When I first heard this, I thought it was Morrissey. Because by that time, when I stopped... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That whole, like, when... uh, Like late 90s when he came back with a couple of albums. The only other thing I can use when I was a kid is like, uh, like, undertones. Remember seeing them, whatever, and then next minute, oh no, as a kid, you see uh, Fergal Sharkey, 
and he's got a solo okay. career on the yeah, go. Yeah, so yeah. kind of the same thing happened yeah. with the Smiths, but mm. I was a little bit older. So when I saw Morrissey on the TV on his own, I'm going, who's that? I recognise him. Mm-hmm. Quick bit of research. Well, not as quick as we can nowadays. So mm. it was like I had to. Well, before Google, you have to ask people, didn't well, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, who's that? Yeah, I was. He was in the Smiths. That. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a yeah. Nice Fergal Sharky, there you go. I don't think anybody's ever mentioned that on your podcast, have they? It's the first Fergal Sharky mentioned, definitely. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the, the opening line to that, once again about the lyrics, I am the sun and the air of a shyness that is criminally vulgar. I mean, come on. <laughs> as I say, it was the B-side of William, it was really nothing. And then it was released as a single in its own right in 85 the next year. Um... Yeah, I'd... stuff like that. Uh, Twenty-four. It was re-released that's, in ninety-two, sixteen. That's an injustice, isn't it? Really, it kind of is. It's a good song, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I bet. I bet when you, if you look into it and what was in the charts that time, I bet either the number one was far shitter. Oh God, yeah. Than this song at the time. I would say. I'll try and do that on a on a on a future episode. In these bits. I mean, the very just. It's modern, it's way ahead of its time. Very much so, for 85. Yeah, yeah. So ahead of its time. Um, Morrissey and Ma. Oh, by the way, it's uh, the guitars and pretty much the entire mix is uh, covered in a tremolo. That's the effect. Yeah, to make it that sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Producer digs there. Um, Morrissey and Ma, they get 25% of the royalties from Soho's Hippie Chick. Oh shit, yeah, of course. Which was released after, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping somebody samples Jeff Nossif. Please, people all (laughs) over the world, sample whatever you want to make whatever tune you want out of it. (laughs) And this is a tune, obviously. (laughs) All you need is a good riff. That's it. It's a good song, definitely. So we, we move on to 1985, flying through here. They released the album Meat is Murder, which was their second, um, second, what's the word? Studio album. When was Band Aid? Band Aid was 85, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Um, it says Morrissey brought a political stance to many of his interviews, courting further controversy. Among his targets were the Thatcher government, the British monarchy, and the famine relief project Band Aid. Morrissey famously quipped of the last one, one can have great concern for the people of Ethiopia, but it's another thing to inflict daily torture on the people of England. Okay, so we said Meat is Murder was the second album album that was released, sorry. Obviously they led off from that with a track called Nowhere Fast. I'd like to drop my trousers to the world I am a man of means, of slender means Each household appliance is like a new silence in my town And if the day came when I felt a natural a bit of a country vibe to this one, maybe. 
um, going back to what you said before, uh, it's got that jingle thing. Actually, yeah. Ring of Fire, kind of, you know what I mean? I'd like to drop my traffic to the Queen Every sensible child will know what this means The poor and the needy are selfish and greedy Now, one of the things I can remember from like getting into music and going to places like HMV to buy, you know, band t-shirts, HMV or Music Junction or things like that, and all the t-shirts were lifted Lifted, listed in alphabetical order, and I'd be out there in like the early nineties looking for a Skid Row T-shirt or something when they were like you know way out of getting stuff. But they might have the odd one there, and a band that I'd always see in that A to Z was Shakespeare's sister. Your history. <laughs> but the Smiths inspired the name of the band Shakespeare's sister with their song of the same name. this mid 80s and I think 80s in general this kind of sense of lostness of the youth do you know what I mean about not quite knowing their place in what was going on at the time you've got the whole Thatcher government thing yeah you're a couple of years older than me yeah so where does that kind of fall into it there's a lot of artists around this time who've got that kind of vibe I mean well uh, for me uh, Thatcher did like me in, and obviously our generation or whatever, because she was snatching the milk at that time <laughs> off us. So you can only imagine, you can only imagine the shit that they're going through. Like yeah. the teenagers, we were kids or whatever. That's just snatching the milk. The teenagers, there's fuck all prospects for them, no jobs, yeah. and then she's taking the jobs off the coal miners and, and the steel workers yeah. and this yeah. and the other. So you can, I mean, that is. You can see that that is pure, like, angst. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, whole yeah, beat, yeah, the yeah. song, the whole... That's just pure angst. Mm-hmm. No matter how old you are, that is something for you, isn't it, that at the yeah. time? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's speaking to the to the youth of the nation at the time. That that, that song speaks to the masses at the time. It speaks that, to the masses, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Every single age group covered on that one, I think. Yeah. Christ. <laughs> and uh, the next one we'll listen to is... You said about the... People getting hit over the head. Now, how much of a blondie vibe is there with this one? Duran, Duran. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it is actually. This is the bar- barbarism. Barbarism begins at home. Bit of a catchy, catchy riff there. (laughs) 
Yeah, it just sounds very much... That sounds very much of the time, doesn't it? Mid-80s, yeah. 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 <laughs> was that a single? Was that released? Yeah, that was on Meet His Murder and it was a single, yeah. Um, it's only ever got to number... Oh, I haven't actually got the, the chart. You know that one's the only one I haven't got charting for. But, yeah. I wonder how many of the band members are, like, vegan or something now. If they oh, yeah, we can get into all, this now. If they were all complicit in having, like, literally the first kind of animal rights sort of title to an album. Well, he's notoriously um, veg- vegetarian, isn't he, or vegan? He's an animal rights activist as well, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, and yeah. human rights activist, human, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely... So, yeah, I'm not sure about the rest of the band, actually. I don't know. It'd be interesting to know, wouldn't it, yeah. like, at the time or whatever, if, if Morrissey was the only one that was, like, vegan or vegetarian. Mm. I don't know. That song is kind of done what it's going to do, really, but it goes on for another four and a half minutes. Next one, this is the song that was kind of released in a bit of a... When I said that he said that about Band-Aid, they kind of released this song... Released this song, sorry. The joke isn't... That joke isn't funny anymore. This is one of the ones that you'd hear on your Radio X or stuff. Yeah. No, no, this don't get played. No. This, no, Isn't it? No. This out the, uh, no, this no. Out the generic uh, prepaid PRS stuff that they play. But it's so, see, I didn't think I'd heard this one, but when it gets into the uh, the strings bit at the end, it just sounds so reminiscent of something I'd heard before. They do strike me as a band that have always, like, their albums, however many, three albums, was it? Four, four studio, yeah. Four, it's, it's mostly filler, isn't it? Oh, I mean, stuff like this now. It's this, mostly filler. Meaty's Murder was a number one album. Was it really? Yeah. Uh, their four albums that they released were, they placed two, one, two, and two. Yeah. Which is why... Well, their, their fans are a certain type of people, aren't they, obviously? I can only imagine, I have seen a lot of it from looking at this, I can only imagine the furore that they created in the pages of Melody Maker and Enemy at the mean, time. How many massive Smiths fans have you met in your time? I know of one. Um. Yeah, really, one. Yeah, I work with a, used to work with a guy called Aid at B&Q when I worked there years ago. Uh, and he had his hair like Morrissey as well. And this was like in 2001. <laughs> that's not a fan, that's a sycophant. <laughs> um, what's his name? Oh, Christ, what's his name now? He was like the editor of Enemy and he's on TalkSport now. The fat lad, the... Um, the uh, Danny Kelly, Danny Kelly. Was he editor of Enemy? Yeah, really? yeah. Christ, he was worked for fucking Enemy. He was Jesus the guy Christ. who, like Morrissey, I'll never talk to him ever again because he was the guy kind of broke when they split. Because he did an interview with Johnny Marr. And that was kind of the catalyst, really, for him splitting. Well, 
We'll catch one more track off Meaty's Murder. This is the Headmaster Ritual. Filler track as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. riff can just go on forever. You can get three yeah. and a half minutes and keep playing that riff over and over. Um, yeah, they got four and a half. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll give short shrift to that one. Um, we'll end this half with another good one, though. The first Smith song to ever have a video. First single from the album The Queen is Dead. I do think that they are doing good stuff when the when the guitars and everything is really like a kind of an upbeat thing. It, it's like a perfect contrast to Morris's vocals. And yeah, yeah. They, they like the better songs as well. They have a kind of like a tropical guitar kind of riff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that playing that you said, Johnny Marr. I, I didn't realise that was the style. Mm. Until you said, I didn't realise that he don't play chords. He only uses like, arpeggio. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, it's, yeah. It's definitely a style. It kind of all it? makes sense now. This yeah. why I'm a bit weirded out by the whole thing. Because, yeah. yeah. Uh, just before, um, sorry, in A6 they released the Queen Is Dead album. Uh, Raw. I like that title, by the way. Yes, yeah. that's cool. Uh, Andy Rourke was fired off base for heroin use. Um, he, was <laughs> he was sacked. Morrissey put a post-it note on his car as he left the rehearsal studio. And it simply said, Andy, you have left the Smiths. Goodbye and good luck, Morrissey. <laughs> That's how they're sacked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Craig Gunnan, Gannon of Aztec Camera replaced him. Aztec camera, Shit. yeah. Uh, but Rourke was brought back two weeks later, and Cannon was then moved on to rhythm guitar. So all the stuff on the last album. So they gained a guitarist. They gained a, gained a guitarist, yeah. Publicity stunt, or who knows? Just, who knows? Just or, or just Morrissey being a. Well, yeah, being a <laughs> cock, yeah. But, but they 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 then went on a US tour. Right. They were building a bit of a fan base in the US. US colleges and stuff like that yeah, were that loving the Q of the Smiths. Um, a lot of all the British bands at that time. Um, but they cancelled the last four dates of it. Um, and then Gannon left. And that was it. So now they didn't have another guitarist for the, for the last album. And then he left after that. Okay. <laughs> Aztec Camera um, sort of just rings a bell because that's uh, the tune... Uh, during lockdown, one of my uh, lockdown vids. That's yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm wearing, is it that one? <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. cameras. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and then on December the 12th, 1986, they played the last gig that they would ever play together at Brixton. It was an anti-apartheid gig. 
yeah, man. The the last song they played at the at the last gig was um, "Hand in Glove," which was their first single. Which the last lyric of that song is, "I'll probably never see you again," which is quite poetic in Perfectly itself. Apt. And then after that gig, they signed with the MI. Uh, and then- Darren Hill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask the Sex Pistols. <laughs> Downhill from there. And we'll get into the second half of the Smiths after this break. <laughs> Don't forget, you can get in touch with the show directly, jukeboxpod at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Facebook, search for Personal Jukebox Podcast, on Instagram at jukeboxpod, and leave a review or comments, spread the word, spread the gospel of the Personal Jukebox Podcast. song goes goes out out to all you barnacles out there. You rub my patience, I lost my patience, you suck on everything, you fuck up everything, I know you cannot see. Back I said I'd play you a bit of the new Limp Bizkit album. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's very Guns N' Roses though, isn't it, that one? Yeah? Yeah. Very um, Guns N' Roses slash Nirvana kind of thing. I don't want to say too much. Yeah. This is almost a, a new sound that we were talking with Jif earlier. Okay. Like something you won't expect. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't gone tropical dance like Justin Bieber, have you? No, nor have we gone uh, jazz fusion. <laughs> Not acid jazz, like early... Uh, early apocalyptic acid jazz. It's, it's not like gone all Jamiroquai. No, no, the, the last song sounds like Jamiroquai, to be fair, <laughs> All the rest like M people. <laughs> right, back in part two here, we're looking at the, the career of the Smiths, Morrissey and Johnny Moore and the Boers. We left off last one uh, with, what was it, the boy, in the, fo- the boy with the thorn in his side. Uh, it was the first Smith song to have a video... Uh, it was the first single that was released off the Queenie's Dead album. As we said, they played their last gig uh, in 86 as well. But obviously they had some songs to put out from that album as well. The next one was... You are. 
Subsequent years, he said discrant, and then in, after that, when he plays it he now, he'll play, he'll play iPod as well. He'll say, yeah. "No, it is." <laughs> uh, Big Mouth strikes again. The single is this. Do you say this was your favourite song? It, I think it is. Ah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's defo up there. Single from May '86. Um, And you can hear, listen for the. Um, what's, all, what's that? That sound effect. Listen it sounds the, like kids or kids. Yeah. What's all that about? Okay, right. I was just about to say that it's sped up vocals. Right. Um. By and I think it's Morris's vocals sped up. It sounds like the Smurfs. Well, it was credited to Ann Coates, which obviously is Ann Coates in Manchester. At the time where as they well, were, they would have had to do loads of trickery with the tape. Oh, cross. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. like. But yeah, yeah, it is him apparently doing it. It's groundbreaking, but it sounds shit. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what gets me. That's not even an effect. Of course not, because they didn't really have like effects then. Yeah, <laughs> so not, like, not them uh, kind of effects. Or yeah. it was like a like a chip monkey kind of well, thing. Well, back yeah. in the day when I first learned sound, that's a lot of the tricks were done with various stuff done to the eight track. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. could do the best ever, like no. And the best. All you have to do is just. Gradually put your finger on the on the eight track and it just slow down to a. Oh, literally just analog like do That's it. That's how they used to do it. Like yeah. any track that ends like. It's literally you just putting your finger on the eight no, track. Right. Slow it down to nothing, and then with an eight track when it stops the motor when it's forcibly stopped. Yeah. It stops recording automatically, so you don't have to press stop. Now there's got to be an effect for that, though, hasn't there? Well, yeah. speaking as an engineer, obviously, this is hey, why yeah. I love analog. Because, oh, yeah. Come on, he worked yeah. with Jazzman back in the day. Eight track, eight track. You used to have motors, <laughs> you could control them. Old school engineering, man. <laughs> You'll never beat it. And we'll go from your favourite Smith song to mine. Now, this. Oh, I don't think they've done a better song than this. Take me out tonight Where there's music and there's people in the young alive This is such a, a, a love song though, isn't it? It's, it's a... I never, never want to go home Because I haven't got one This is really nice. I've, I've been with a couple of women for, for short term when start the relationship where you think oh this is going to be fucking fantastic we both think the same we both oh, this is amazing fantastic forever this is like when you're in the honeymoon period type thing and this is just like this thing if a double decker bus rolled into us right now what a beautiful place it would be a privilege what, to uh, die by your side an honour to <laughs> die by your side I love you so much 
right now in this moment. That's why I like this song so much. The lyrics are just brilliant. Here we got the chorus here. Here we go. And if a double-decker bus crashes into us to die by your side His arms are wide, he's giving it the big end. <laughs> Thirty-two. Only three. Thirty-two. Thirty-two ton. Yeah. So, how do you think Morrissey feel by thirty-two? You mentioned the ten. Unladen, it's sixty. Ten ton truck ain't fuck up. My van's like three ton, fully laden with batteries. You can drive. (laughs) You can drive a seven and a half ton without an extended license, can't you? That's right. I've got got that on my license. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Screw you, Morrissey. (laughs) Ten ton ain't jack shit. Probably wouldn't even kill you. <laughs> um, looking online at you know you get loads of things like oh rank the Smith songs from the fans this seems to be the one which is generally this agreed on that this is number two yeah he's done a number two for this yeah. one Morris <laughs> is number two <laughs> uh, I think around about this kind of time though this Queen is Dead album they were kind of hitting a song a strong stride. Yeah, there seems to be less filler. Well, on these big songs, anyway. Uh, you had that Big Mouth Strikes again, The Boy With A Thorn In His Side, The Light That Never Goes Out, and then you got this one, which would be another one known by people. Panic on the streets of London Panic on the streets of Birmingham I wonder to myself Could life ever be sane again You're saying this is your number three? Yeah. <laughs> um, it goes into the refrain at the end, doesn't it? Hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang Do the DJ. you know the DJ he's talking about? Yeah. Steve Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Radio yeah. <laughs> yeah. Radio 1. He reported, didn't he, about the, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. was it the Chernobyl yeah, thing? Yeah. And then straight after it, he played Wham's on your man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a massive outrage because of it. Steve Wright still, every time he yeah. plays this song, still goes on about it. It's like... It's all right. <laughs> Everyone knows this song's about me, so I've straightened it out with Morrissey now. It's fine. And they did literally straighten it out. How did they? Yeah, true yeah. story. <laughs> um, Enemy voted this is their song of the year in 1996 as well. It's really cool, really. Yeah. Because the music that they constantly play It says nothing to me about my life today, all the music that play the radio today says nothing about my life. Have you seen Pax and Potions? <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen Pax and Potions? No. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, other day, the other day I got sent um, a link by Stewie D. <laughs> um, hi, Hazy, Pax and Potions? This is what the youth is listening to right now. What's 66? It's a Liverpool thing, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't do 69. 
Gotta mix these packs and potions No peace till I put a sim in a banner I'm on the block like winner Back road liquor Fully paid for my inner I fly past on my head top ten of the molders I wash like Sammy Kadira And he should stop okay, calling me Okay, there's a song by Jim Prossin From our last EP called Stab It's about people like this <laughs> That's all I'm saying <laughs> Yeah, enough of that I can't no get rid more. of it I <laughs> couldn't get rid of it then for a second. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so, you kind of come out of a bit of a, a fruitful period there, I think. The last three songs, that's probably been the, the kind of the peak of the stuff that we've been looking at. Looking at either. What is it with Morrissey and the Smiths? They just take you down, bring you back up again and back down a bit. You don't know where you are. Well, I mean, where, where, where do you end up when you've listened to the Smiths? You're neither up nor down, are you really? It's because those songs have got such an uplifting melody, but such depressing lyrics. It's like that. It's like having a vodka Red Bull. It's like, it leaves, pissed, it just you, leaves you in the middle. It's with, a sedative with, and it's like the, yeah, yeah. Well, with no satisfaction, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. They leave you in the middle with no satisfaction. Well, yeah. <laughs> A lot of his lyrics asked me to do that, and I might say yes, but then I'll probably say no. Like in that one, he's yeah, going, yeah. yeah, asked me to do all that, and I'll show interest in it, but then eventually I'll just say no. Mm. Not yeah. interested. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then he'll probably complain at the, the fact that he's wasted 10 minutes of his life listening <laughs> to that to person. You. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't have bothered in the first place, but I thought you were in distress, so yeah. <laughs> Thanks for wasting my time. I'm off now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's most of Morris's life, isn't it? It was like, why did I waste the time on you? Would you say he's a narcissist? Uh, you think? <laughs> Jesus. I thought I was bad. But, you know, he's just something else. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like people as a rule, but like Morrissey, fucking hell, he's like... Yeah, God I, almighty, he belongs on Mars with the aliens or some <laughs> shit because he don't like us lot, does he? Let's face it, he needs somewhere else to live. He needs another planet to live. If you're wondering why All the love that you long for in you And the people are rude and cruel to you I'll tell you why I'll tell you Yeah, and this one is yeah. titled You it's, Just it's Haven't not, Earned It Yet, never, Baby. It's never them, he, she, no, it's always me, I. Yeah, 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 actually, yeah, uh, get that. You just haven't earned it yet, baby. You must suffer and cry for a longer time. You just haven't earned it yet, baby. And I'm telling you now, if you're wondering Okay, so after that bit, we kind of get into. Um, I think this is a standalone single. This wasn't on one of the albums, is that right? Now, this is Morris's favourite song, of his favourite single that they put out. This is his favourite of the space. It's got that kind of um, sound of. What's it called from before? 
Jingle. No, <laughs> you know the How Soon Is Now production? Oh, yes. It's got kind of that. Um, shoplifters of the world unite. Shoplifters of the world Unite and take over Shoplifters of the world No, not loads, no. It meets too many narratives. Well, yeah, yeah. It's got that. What, what was that effect that you said about? I love the tremolo effect. Yeah, it's sort of got that kind of thing yeah. going on, hasn't it? Okay, so the um, the last song we get before we get into the the last album, Sheila, take a bow. This is all right, actually. Yeah, weird title, cool song. Who's the Sheila referring to? Very Smith's Bear, isn't it though? Yeah. It's very, uh, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's raw. Yeah. It's cool. It's raw. Again, not overly massively produced, and the drums are in the forefront. Mm. As well, like the yeah. peel like yeah. session. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's cool, this is. That does a little bit, doesn't it, on that one? Like yeah. Somebody playing uh, power chords with a distorted guitar. Mm. Yeah. So in July 19, 1987, Ma left. That was it. He left the band by then. A year after they'd done the, the last gig? The what, last gig was in months? December. Uh, right, so December the previous year, six yeah. Six months. Right. Yeah. There was an article that was put in Enemy, and Ma thought that it had been placed there by Morrissey, saying about the split, the Smiths were going to split. Um, and Danny Kelly, we said about Danny Kelly, yeah, yeah he he said that um, Morrissey didn't like working with Ma and other mu- He didn't like that Ma was working with other musicians to make side stuff, which he then went on to do later, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, but um, that, that's what happens when you realise that you're the only talented fucker in a band. Or yeah. I.e., not the only talented fucker in the band, the one that is the business end in a band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. I.e., uh, Noel Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> business end, engine room. Um, He said he wanted to go on to do bands with a wider musical scope. Yeah, we'll come to that in a second. Uh, but they bought a guy, a guy in called Ivor Perry to replace Moa, um, and they did demos of tracks that were never put out. And Perry's given interviews after saying that they basically wanted another Johnny Moore and this geezer never ended up in Morrissey's band then no because ah, he said the se- he him, said though. the sessions ended with Morrissey running out of the studio yeah <laughs> <I've seen laughs> that yeah so Morrissey he didn't like that Moore was working with other artists and Moore wasn't liking Morrissey's his refusal refusal to he had no inflexibility no flexibility on his songs that he wanted to do he didn't want to be doing like Silla Black covers, basically, and that's what Morrissey wanted to go into doing. He's since said that they went to a load of managers, and the the emphasis was placed on Mar to manage the band, and he was only like twenty odd at the time, and he didn't feel that he could do that kind of thing. 
But then, a couple of months after Mar had left, they released the last album, which was put out, which was Strange Ways, Here We Come. Yes, that, that's a brilliant title, that is. Strange Ways was the place that had the riot, wasn't it? Strange Ways riots. Yeah, yeah, there was a Strange Ways. Yeah. this, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. A few years after, it's, it's not connected, but same as me, I guarantee you, Strange Ways, the first time you ever heard that, I guarantee, as a kid, you saw the riots going on. Oh, yeah, that would have been would the... You would not have known no, that it was a Smith's album. No, not at yeah. all, not at so all. So it's, like I said, yeah. it's not connected, but funny that, isn't it? Weird, isn't it? One yeah. Those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like 9 to 5. Um, it's Morrissey it's Morrissey and Mars favourite Smith's album as well Strange Race here we come yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Girlfriend in a Coma this is um, you don't know whether Morrissey's trying to say oh he is concerned or he's like happy from the lyrics there's times when I would happily want to murder like oh do you think yeah What's he doing? Well, what year was this? Because I'm guessing, right? By this time, they'd almost got digital recording, so analog recording had massively improved. Okay. So he's trying out every single effect they've got in the studio, even Springs. orchestral yeah. shit, yeah, everything. Yeah. That's well, I mean, ain't this just the start of his solo career? Let's face facts. In a kind of way, yes, it is, because it's basically what he went on to kind of do, yeah, definitely. I can't see Mar being happy with this. I bet when it was No, he released. said this is his favourite album. What? This Mar is his, said, yeah, yeah. Even though he'd left the band, what? he says this is his favourite album. I think really? he'd left the band before this came out. Whether it was still being floated, oh, have they split, have they not split, I can't remember. I wasn't reading the music press at the time. But yeah, and they def- definitely never toured it. They never played any songs off this album live. Nothing. No. Oh, that's just fucking oasis. That's you were. Like, oh, yeah, he's got that kind of. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean there. God, yeah. I've never heard this tune before in my life. Have you never heard that one? No, no, never. Okay, and then Christ. they followed it up. The next single was I started something I couldn't finish. Oh, I know this tune. Right, here's something about this. If you can't hear Britpop running through this, this could have been a sleeper song all day long. Oh, Echo Belly. Echo Belly. <laughs> Listen to that, it's basically just all them bands. A blurb, album filler. It's a blueprint for Britpop. It literally Britpop. is, yes. Bl- yeah, Britpop right. blueprint. Blueprint. That's hard to say when you've had a blueprint. Britpop beers. blueprint. I- <laughs> Blueprint Yeah, well done. I think putting that word in made it easier. <laughs> Just listen to the changes as well. Louis Winner, just all over that, yeah. Louis Wiener. Wiener. <laughs> he said Wiener. <laughs> Bit of a bop though, isn't it, that one? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, oh god, yeah, it's just all them kind of bands, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so the the last like real song that they would have released as a band to promote an album or something like that um, was last night. I dreamt that somebody loved me. And this is a strange song, man. You got two minutes at the start of this song, which is this like a piano bit, and then it sounds of the minor strike. We said you said about that before, didn't you? Touched on that early, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna skip. It's literally just exactly two minutes as well. Right, pulp. Oh, God, yeah. Like light pulp, that just sounds. You can see that influence there again. All of them, yeah. When Morrissey couldn't get any more depressing, I think he, he reached the bottom here. <laughs> Can't get any more depressing than this, can you? Jeez. Next step is fucking hell, knife, rope, or the bridge, I think. Richie's okay. bridge. Yeah, the bridge. Or the roof. One of the four. <laughs> Alright, so as I said about the the Smiths kinda of got big in America around I don't know what do they call it, um, Mope Rock or something, which was coming across with the Smiths and Cure and who else was that? There was other bands as well, but I, I can only think of those two off the top of my head. Now there was um a film called oh, Pretty in Pink. You you were aware of the film Pretty in Pink? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's said in a song, isn't it? It's um, Elmo's uh, Oh, what's the band? Bolly for Soup. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He references yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the film Pretty in Pink, um, it's had this. We finished that um, Smith's thing, you know. So we just picked two other tracks off there. This is the one which really got him a bit of noticing in in the US, being on the soundtrack to Pretty in Pink. Good times it's, it's under a two minute song. See the luck I've had can make a good man turn bad. So please, 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 let me, let me, let me, let me get what I want this time. Little ditter, yeah. Pretty heartfelt lyrics and stuff. The app where I get all the tunes that I want to play, like the um, chord structures and everything. Yeah. Um, I literally that keeps coming up as a suggestion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 The app's called Guitar Tabs or whatever you just type, yeah, yeah, whatever you yeah. want to play or whatever. Yeah. But then before you type in whatever you want to play, that tune always comes up. Okay. And I've, I've always wondered what it is and now ah. I know. So I'm actually going to try and play that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That, once again, that was a B-side to the William single, same as um, How Soon Is Now. I've never heard it, but I, I always wondered, as soon as I saw it, like scroll up on your phone, I'm yeah. like, no way, it's that one that keeps... 
Suggesting uh, that I should play it. Controversy to it. Weird, Go- Gordon uh, Ramsay used. I was just literally on my tablet checking it. That was, it came up again. <laughs> Gordon Weird. Ramsay used it as um. Well, the, he was doing the Christmas. Remember he did his Christmas cook along live. I remember the cook-along Cook, CD. Yeah, well, he did a Christmas yeah. cook-along live, and that tr- that song was playing in the background. And obviously, okay. Morris, being very anti-meat use and stuff like oh, God, that, yeah. yeah, took major offence to that. Um, he sued it. He sued um, whoever. It would have been Channel 4, wouldn't it? Who was doing that at the time? If they, if they yeah, the TV production mm-hmm. company, would whatever. Yeah, yeah. He, he got £14,800 uh, from suing him, and he donated to um, a charity that... I don't know if it stops people doing foie, how do you pronounce it? Foie gras? Foie gras. Foie gras. Yeah, that is disgusting though. Do you know what it is? Is it duck liver or something? No, it's no? fucking worse than that, mate. Yeah. It's disgusting, right? They get ducks, right? And yeah. It's, it's French, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the... So, okay. For your listeners. Yeah, yeah, go um, on, hit us. I'm sorry for the vegans <laughs> and the vegetarians. You're, you, you're, you will know what it is. And it's fucking wrong. And I'll never eat it as so long yeah. as I live. I've never Basically, ate it. Get a goose and you uh, force feed them uh, maize. Keep okay. chucking it down their gullets. Yeah. Chucking it down, chucking it down, so they literally can't. They can't breathe. They yeah. breathe through those little the things on the side on the of, the, of yeah. the beak. And you force it down, force it, and then it expands the, the uh, liver. Expands the liver, and then yeah, that that's your foie gras. What the liver? Yeah, yeah expanded liver. What is this meant to do? What is this meant to do? Is it's, it meant to be an enhanced taste of... of yeah. yeah. Well, it's okay. just full of the corn that's been ate and digested. It's, pop- it's a mixture of digested corn and goose liver. Oh. Is this like part of a starter or something? What's the French in it? Yeah. Say no more. Oh, yeah, actually, they'll eat anything, will they? So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you're a meat eater or not, I'm a meat eater, <laughs> and foie gras is disgusting. It's animal <laughs> abuse. Do not eat it. Neil stands with there Morris. You there you go. A meat eater giving out like animal welfare advice, man. Seriously, come on. <laughs> in uh, in 1989, there was a massive royalties dispute between the band. I think originally they'd signed a deal where Morrissey and Mar got a 40% split of the royalties, and then the other two guys basically had 10% each. They That'll wanted do. they wanted a 25% split. The other guys did. They wanted everything split four ways. Um, in March of 1999, Rourke settled for a lump, a one-off lump sum of £83,000 and 10% of all future earnings. Joyce continued it. They had a massive seven-day hearing. I can remember this. I'm, I'm sure I can remember that. We're hearing about that. Don't remember that. And he received a million pounds in back royalties, and he got 25% from there on. And a massive gaff. You are. Oh, and yeah. a massive gap. Yeah, 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 definitely. And don't have to work ever again. No, well, he... Result. He basically... I think um, Rourke had got massive debt at the time, so he just settled to clear his debt kind of thing, and that was it, whereas the other guy carried on. I can't see him being in a million pounds of debt, so, yeah. He well, yeah. Uh, in 1988, so it was only a year after Strange Ways was put out, uh, like Morrissey said, released his debut album, Viva, Viva Hate. something... Do, 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 do. And it was num- it num- went straight to number one on the UK chart as well. Um, I can remember him releasing um, what was his big album around like when all Britpop and everything was big. He put one out then, didn't they? Um, the Strange Ways, the one came on the TV, <laughs> and the start of it was just one geezer ripping tiles off and wanging them, going, <laughs> "Fucking come on!" Next minute, another geezer going, 
really, how did you get up here? How did you get up here? Come on then. And then, hour later, half the prison was on the roof. Love it. Can you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the Strange Base riots? Yeah. In 89, Johnny Marr, he did Electronic with Bernard Sumner and Neil Tennant. Bernard Sumner, that's uh, Sting, uh, isn't it? No, um, no, Sumner, that's yeah, it, Bernard. What's his name out of New Order? And um, oh, that's Bernard Sumner, isn't it? Yeah, is that Bernard Sumner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. yeah um, his name is Sumner, isn't oh, it? Because Bernard Langer is. <laughs> <laughs> Sting definitely is called Sumner because didn't he do he Ten Sumners? Sumner. Gordon Sumner. Sumner. Gordon Sumner, That's yeah. what threw me. Obviously, there's been loads of things over the years. Would they reunite and all that kind of stuff? Morrison said, Morrissey said in a 2006 interview he'd rather eat his own testicles than reform <laughs> the Smiths. And that's saying something for a vegetarian. He was asked why he felt about this in another interview after that. And he said he, he felt as if he'd worked very hard since the demise of the Smiths, and the others haven't. So why hand them attention when they haven't earned it? We are not friends. We don't see each other. Why on earth would we be on a stage together? <laughs> In August 2007, it was widely reported that Morrissey had, had declined an offer of $75 million, nearly £40 million at the time, um, from a consortium of promoters to reunite with Mar for a 50-day world tour. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sorry, I'm laughing so much because <laughs> this is where Morrissey became so fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into some of this in a moment, yeah. Um, in, in 2009, I think it was, Morrissey and Mar met in Manchester and discussed the possibility of reforming the band, and they kept in contact over the next bit, but they decided to exclude Joyce from the reunion and wait until Mar had completed his commitment to the Cribs. That's band. a band. Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden, communication abruptly ended. Uh, Ma was on tour and he, he was never brought up again. He said he didn't hear from him again until he had an email in December 2010. Ooh. He said in 2009. He says, I think we were offered $50 million for three, possibly five shows. He said that the chances of a reunion were nothing to do with 50 money. 50 mil and they didn't take it? Uh, nothing oh, to do shit. with money and the reasons were really abstract. That's what he said. Uh, one more song I've got is this one. This one before off strike off um, strange so ways album. This this version was banned by the BBC because it's got the lion. The pain was enough to make a shy bald Buddhist reflect a plan for a mass murder. What's wrong with that? Well, I don't know. Apparently, you can't say that kind of thing nowadays or then. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. And if you and if you're aware of this song, you know this version. Um, the irony Mark 
Mark Ronson and with, what's his name? Merriweather, Daniel Merriweather, is it? Singing. Merriweather? Mayweather? Yeah, something like that. Um, mixes up this and the Supremes keep me hanging on. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, it? It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to do because yes, I've done it on yeah. the, uh, Ning of the Leftist album. It's easy to just really fuse two songs. Yeah, yeah, just piece yeah, yeah. Piece, mate. The irony of this is that it really reached number two on the UK charts, which is the highest ever associated Smith song as re- has gone on the charts. So yeah, after the Smiths, Morris has obviously gone on to create himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say create himself, kind of a um, uh, <laughs> a persona. But yeah, to be a bit of a cock, <laughs> depending on your points of viewers. Hey, you know what I mean? Some shit, he's fucking bang on the money, and he is. Yeah. He's like, yeah. You're not going to knock him. Have you got some? Uh, you got some Morrissey quotes that you wanted to hit up? Um, yeah, uh, oh man. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Uh, like I've mentioned, well, he, he, he's a fascinating individual that I first saw sure. as a child on top of the pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a few of the other We podcasts never mentioned this. How many times do we, do we say bands that we saw as a child? We on never top mentioned of the pops? this. Surely that would have been him swinging around bunches of flowers doing. He had like, was he gladiolas or something? A, a thin man with a like oh, a quiff. What's the yeah a quiff it's like it's the yeah, teddy yeah. boy? Used yeah, to, yeah, exactly. used to have. Um, yeah, you'll have to cut that bit out because there'd be a massive spot <laughs> there in his look. Yeah, we'll be alright. Um, yeah, d- just I have to re- deal with Sai doing this all the time. How oh, does he really? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's so annoyed and everything that he Hi, does. Si. <laughs> <laughs> apart from when he plays drums he's okay when he's playing drums apart from that he's really annoying uh, right back to Morrissey and oh, we might as well just go straight into it okay we'll start off with a nice easy subject yeah acid attacks okay acid attacks acid attacks what like people as throwing as in chicken battery acid at people over people that's okay. happened this is Morrissey's uh, quote on it yeah okay London is second only to Bangladesh for acid attacks. All of the attacks are non-white and so they cannot be truthfully addressed by the British government or the Met Police or the BBC because of political correctness. What this means is that the perpetrator is considered to be as much of a victim as the actual victim. Wow. Okay, you can read the subtext there. I I don't want to be political or, or whatever. No, we're attributing all of these to Morrissey. I, I, and I don't want uh, Neil Young to cancel your podcast or anything, so I, I want to be careful. Right. And obviously these 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 views are Morrissey's, not ours. On, on Bob Geldof, he says, Bob Geldof is a nauseating character. Band-Aid was the most self-righteous platform ever in the history of popular music. <laughs> on Diane Abbott. No, I haven't ever voted. I don't have sufficient faith in the circus of politics and you can see why it is is—it mo- is a moral disaster on every level. Even Tesco wouldn't employ Diane Abbott. <laughs> Here's a quote on, on, on Oasis. 
He said, um, they are very time to me. God bless Noel. I'm sure he'll always have a spot on Bob's full house. But I search for something with a bit more bite and rage. <laughs> on Madonna. Madonna reinforces everything absurd and offensive. Desperate womanhood. Madonna is closer to organised prostitution than to anything else. Wow. Good lord. Here's one. On his sexuality. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not homosexual. In technical fact, I'm humosexual. I'm attracted to humans, but of course not many. On Richard Maidley. Here's a view on Richard Maidley. Have you got that one? He says, he referred to me as an insufferable puffed up prat. This is a bit rich from... <laughs> this is a bit rich coming from a man who actually married his own mother. <laughs> I, by the way, I'm not checking these. I'm just reading about yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he talks about Beyonce. Yes, I just the saw that one. The yeah. is now more or less extinct and it's not because of global warming or shrinking habits. It's because of Beyonce's handbags. <laughs> I bet she does have a few handbags. <laughs> Uh, one more yeah. on comedy if I met Vic Reeves I'd have no desire other than to smack him in the face <laughs> what, what did you, I used to be a bit, bit of a fan of Vic Reeves he did a good job right. back yeah, he did a good job back in the day didn't he well, doesn't he live in Los Angeles now as well I have no idea yeah I think he says I normally live in Los Angeles if you can call that a normal living Tune, by the way. Huh? Tune, oh. <laughs> I did this on the, uh, on the album. Oh, did you? This oh, yeah. Album, yeah, yeah, the whole, yeah, yeah. Right, and in closing, The Smiths, what's their legacy in For music? Me, uh, their legacy is some tunes that you'd never normally hear, and for whatever reason, when you do hear them, they kind of prick your ears up, and again, for me, uh, he's someone that I'm really glad that I discovered because of how much of a wordsmith he is, and I'm useless with the English language. You like so the lyrical I really content, like yeah. intelligent people yeah. that have a yeah. great grasp of the English language because I'm just a duffer when it comes to things <laughs> like that. So I love that. Second question. Um, yeah, do they do they deserve to be like held up as, you know, being integral in the the building blocks of say indie or British music? Yes, know? definitely. Yeah. yeah, there you go. They're an important part of that. Yeah, yeah. and third thing, top three, top, top three songs. Top three. Uh, I think. I, I pretty much went over it. Yeah, it I? was like um, what was it? The boy. No, Big Mouth strikes again. Yeah. There's a light that never goes out. Light that goes out. And panic. Gone. Uh, panic at the disco. Panic at the disco was three, and the other one was two. Yeah. God Almighty. Okay. Good Lord, we've got through it. Um, Neil, Ning, Garrett, play us out. I never asked you as well. Um, you said at the start, so he's over thirty, and you went with your mother because she's dirty. If you had to, if you could, if you could count, if you could count on five, ten, fifteen hands. How many people's mothers do you think you've been with because they've been dirty? Well, probably all the women I've slept with now are mothers, so <laughs> there's lots. Right, have you got a track to play us out with? Or have you got any more plugs? Do you want to say anything? On that bombshell, no. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. 
All the people that listen to this podcast before, you know me, you know who I am. You either like me or you don't. You know who my <laughs> band are, you either like us or you don't. More importantly, subscribe to this podcast because it is the bollocks. <laughs> so yeah, subscribe, subscribe, whatever platform you're on these days. Oh yeah, I always forget. Um, get in touch with the show, jukeboxpod at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, that's it. Right. Oh, oh, leave a review on Spotify. Yes, yes, please. Spotify especially at the moment, because trying to build up a thing on there, on Apple Music as well, and all the other things. But um, yeah, definitely for that Definitely one. concentrate on Spotify. Please yeah. make sure that Neil Young doesn't cancel <laughs> this podcast. If you like it, leave a five-star review. If you don't like it, just don't do anything, because nobody likes yeah. fucking Telltale, do they? And yeah. don't don't say that you like Joe Rogan either, because <laughs> that's the not going to go down well. It's a bit on vogue. Plow us out, Neil. What have oh, you got? I don't know. Um... If you haven't got one, I can go. Uh, no, I'm just going to go totally random. What's that song from, like, the night is sunshine on a rainy day? Makes pass. Who was that? Oh. That um, just came into my head from out of... Zoe. Zoe, there you go. There you go. This is nice. All the all the horrible stuff that we've heard from Morrissey. This let's, is going to cleanse the palate. Yeah, we've had the shade from uh, Morrissey. Let's have a bit of light now from Zoe. I see you in the darkness. I see you in light. Right, thank you very much for listening. I see your eyes shining through the night. I definitely learnt something um, looking at these Smiths facts. And we haven't, man. There's going to be Smiths fans out there who are a bit too weird with that. But oh, hey. I really hope hardcore Smiths fans <laughs> listen to this. Yeah. Literally, come on, you've got the email address. Yeah. Come on, just send whatever you want. Abuse, thanks, Where whatever you want to send, Where send it? it in. Come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> come at me with me comments in it. Right, thank you very much. I'll see you in two weeks' time. Cheers, Ning. Thank you.